What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 46 of Calling All Crap Beer. My name is Luke. I am your host. And damn, it has been a crazy week. All kinds of crazy stuff going on around the United States and the world, thanks to the uh, coronavirus and all kinds of crazy crap we got going on right now. So good grief. i am uh, got some beers to go over, and, um, and then we'll get into the craziness that is this past week and just some stuff that's going on in my life. So but let's start off. As always, with some brew reviews. So, first things first, I got a killer bomb out of California from my brother Drew. Pretzel Pros himself. Thank you, brother. I greatly, greatly appreciate you. I'm going to start off with a Green Cheek Beer Company beer. It's a New England IPA, 7% ABV, called Sink or Swim. This bad boy is a hazy IPA. With uh, 40% unmalted wheat, a flavorful yeast. They don't tell you what strand, but they say a flavorful yeast. And Yukonot, Mosaic, and Simcoe hops. I rated this bad boy a 4.25 out of 5 on Untapped. And uh, I just, I mean, it was a dank, earthy citrus bomb for me. So super smooth, very easy drinking. It's a single IPA, 7%. One of those beers that you could probably drink 10 of them. And just feel fantastic. It's not a Corona. Ha ha. <laughs> but it was absolutely fantastic. Enjoyed it a lot. The uh, can art's really cool. Green Cheeks got the like parrot deal on the side. <clears throat> and um, straight up grapefruit juice. I mean, when you pour this, it just has that straight grapefruit juice color. Opaque as all get out. No light getting through this thing. It was delicious. I mean, I really, really enjoyed it, and uh, I was very appreciative of Drew sending it my way. These guys are out of Orange, California. 1,141 check-ins on this beer with an average overall rating of 4.16, which is incredible to have that many check-ins and still have a rating over 4.0. So, yeah. Next one on the list was another green cheek. Uh, this is a double IPA. It's a collaboration with Bearded Iris, one of my favorite breweries out of Nashville. Much love to Nashville right now after they're recovering from those crazy tornadoes. It took quite a few lives out in Nashville. So definitely been saying a prayer for those people. And I got a few friends that live out there. So just want to make sure everybody is doing well. So this bad boy is... Like I said, it's a, a collaboration between Green Cheek, Green Cheek, and Bearded Iris. This is a hazy again. Loads of citra hops with a little bit of sabro. And they the whole idea was this to be a strawberry like pina colada type thing with a kind of like a big stick popsicle, they called it. So hazy fruity, citrusy soft, and strawberry is what they what the obligatory um ideas are on untapped i rated this one a 4.5 out of 5 on untapped a little bit more than the sink or swim i really enjoyed it soft citrus mild strawberry smooth nice hoppy finish it was weird because the first couple sips i took of this was all citrus didn't really get a whole lot of anything else and i was bummed because i was like oh man i don't really taste any strawberry like it's supposed to be a strawberry you know deal and i'm not getting a whole lot of strawberry out of it but i'll tell you what you know, after having probably four or five sips, I started to get that strawberry flavor and it, uh, it kind of just worked from there. And it was like this mild 
background, you know, kind of strawberry flavor, but it was absolutely fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it. And I encourage any of you guys to get out there and grab that bad boy if possible. Can art's funny. They, you know, they use the parrot again. And it's got kind of a hand-drawn rainbow deal on it. Pretty cool. My buddy Drew actually rated it a 4.5 as well. I'm going to read you his review. A fruit picnic on the palette. Slow walk in a fruit garden. The aroma was a quick trip through hop and grass and oak forest like a hike. I love his reviews, man. He he writes some really cool stuff and just kind of... Uh, it just, you know, puts his heart into it, which is really cool. So next one on the list was the last of the Green Cheek brews that he sent my way. This one was called Can't Never Could. It's a New England 7.2% ABV. I rated this a 3.01 on untapped. Was not my favorite. Um, this one was a collaboration with Creature Comforts out of Athens, Georgia. They are looking at uh, Citra Hops. It talks about lemon zest and pineapple. I didn't really get a whole lot of that at all. Um, more grapefruit than anything for me, mild, almost a watered down beer was just okay. Um, I, you know, again, it was just watered down. It did, you know, and, and I don't, and I know it wasn't physically watered down, but that's what I got from it. I got, you know, like a, just a watered down flavor. It just, there wasn't a whole lot of flavor. It was very mild. It was, you know, I mean, it was an easy drinker, but it just was, it, it was heartbreaking when you're expecting a little bit more, especially out of two killer breweries like Creature Comforts and Green Cheek. Green Cheek. Next one on the list is Box Logo Number 8 from Mumford. Another severe letdown in my book. This was a double Imperial New England IPA, 8.5% ABV. I rated this a 2.5 out of 5 on Untapped. Um, Nelson and Amarillo hops on this one. It, it just didn't do it for me. I uh, it was weird. It had like a odd, like smoky pineapple flavor that just wasn't balanced correctly. It almost had a taste of the smell of super glue. If that can make any sense to you guys, so I just I, I wasn't feeling. It. I drank about half of the beer and poured the rest out. Just couldn't do it anymore. It just had a really weird flavor profile to me at the end that just didn't. It just didn't do it, and I don't know. It wasn't old. It wasn't anything crazy like that. It just was not a good beer. And I, I you know, it could just be flavor palette, flavor profiles on my palate. I just didn't like it and uh, <clears throat> was not a fan, but definitely a fan of Mumford. So would encourage you guys to still give them a try, despite the fact that I was not a fan of this particular beer. So now we're going to roll into the monkish love. So first one on the list was Perception Reflection. It's a double New England IPA from Monkish, 8.2% ABV. I rated this a 4.25 out of 5 on Untapped. This is a double dry hopped IPA with extra wheat, Nelson, and Citra hops. Now, this bad boy was, I got a lot of different fruits out of here. Like, I laugh because I look at, like, Drew's um, review, and I think he reviewed, no, maybe he didn't. Okay, I thought he did review this one. But um, I got a lot of fruits on this bad boy. So, it, uh... One of the things that they use to describe this beer in Untapped is, I don't know how it's pithy or pithy, but which refers to like the white part on the inside of the rind of like a orange or a grapefruit or things like that. And I don't know how you really distinguish that in the flavor of a beer, but I got a lot of citrusy flavors, you know, a little bit of tangerine, potentially a little bit of mango, pineapple. It was just a lot of fruit flavors in there and it just, it was smooth. It was easy drinking little bit of creamy and it just had an overall dankness just overall good brew really really enjoyed it 
4.25 out of 5 on untapped. I would encourage you guys, if you have the opportunity, to give that bad boy a shot. And then the next one on the list from Monkish was Cosmic Type Stuff. This one is a, another double New England IPA, 8.4% ABV, 4.5 out of 5 on untapped. I rated this. I actually have two buddies who rated it. Steven Nelson, uh, another buddy out of California, rated it a 4.5, matched mine. And then my buddy Drew rated it a 4.25. And he talks about grass and guava aromas, some forward and lingering bitterness, back of the tongue flavor parade. So for me, tons of grass, dank and just grassy overall. Had a really fruity nose, nice touch of bitterness. And I just love the can. Well, I love the fan art. Wow, I need to go in and edit that. But I love the can art. And, you know, those of you, my name is Luke, obviously. And I am a... Star Wars fanatic, which is one of the reasons why I love Jay Wakefield and those guys so much. There's actually the Death Star on the label of this particular beer. I thought it was fantastic. Loved it, but the beer overall was super fantastic. Hoppy smooth, touch of pine, grassy and dank. 4.5 out of 5 on untapped. Monkish does not cease to impress. I mean, they literally have just some wonderful beers, phenomenal beers. And uh, the great thing about it is I kind of had... I haven't, as you guys know, I haven't been drinking a lot. You know, I'm working on losing weight and I'm proud of myself. I'm actually down 31 pounds since February 5th. So I just officially broke into the 200s. I was in, I was 330 when I started. I'm 299 as of Friday. And I am thrilled with that, moving in the right direction. My ass is beat up. My ankle's feeling better. Foot's doing well. So can't really complain. And, uh, but I had, a few that just everything tasted the same and it was frustrating. And I'm like, why are all these beers tasting the same to me? Like, why am I not able to differentiate flavors? And I, a lot of, I thought about it. I'm like, maybe it's what I'm eating. Maybe it's the carnivore diet. Maybe it's, you know, just my palate in general changing because I haven't been drinking as much beer. I really don't know. But then I kind of got into these monkish beers and I'll tell you what, I mean, I just got, tons and tons of flavor on the back end and it and it reinvigorated my joy <laughs> for the brews and I realized all right it was just the beer it was you know I have a, I have a feeling if you look at the green cheek green cheeks all three of them looked almost identical they were all very grapefruit forward in terms of color they you know almost identical flavor profiles and you know like the only real difference between the three excuse me, was that the last one was a little watered down. It kind of just, you know, wasn't as strong as the other two. And, uh, I mean, who knows what reason that could be. So last one for this week in terms of beer reviews is Hearts Turn Brave. Another monkish triple IPA, 10% ABV, 4.5 out of 5 on untapped. This bad boy also has two check-ins from two buddies. Steven Nelson um, out of California, Rated a 4.75. Drew, my buddy, rated a 4.5. Matched with mine. Good fruit medley aroma. Tropical and sweet. Fruity and hoppy and creamy and layered and long. And then more. <laughs> that was Drew's review. So I love, like I said, that you know Drew puts his heart in these things. Citrus, Centennial, Eldorado hops. Uh, citrusy, tropical, soft, grapefruity, and hoppy is what they the, the tags they give it on untapped. The aroma to me was delicious candied fruit that's what i got from the aroma creamy delicate juicy layered too much to list i called it a hero brew 
Loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. Can't beat it. Love the can art. Has a heart on it, which, uh, you know, is, is it kind of hits home for me. But uh, it was just a fantastic brew. So I encourage you guys, if you're in the South Florida, uh, South Florida, South Cali, you know, Central Cali, South Cali area, and you're able to get your hands on Hearts Turn Brave from Monkish, do it. It's a triple, it's 10% ABV, and although they say drink fresh, they, those definitely do last a little bit longer being in the double, a, double percent ABV arena. So, beer reviews aside, um, I got some cool stuff going on this week, so a little frustrated with the coronavirus. So let's get into the media and the frustration and the fandanglement that is the coronavirus. Okay. Is the coronavirus dangerous? Who knows? Okay. When you look at a lot of the the real um, info that's out there, it doesn't look any worse than the flu or anything else that we have going on in the United States. I actually saw something the other day that said worldwide, the flu has killed 50,000 people this year. Now, dates might not be correct. I don't have anything to verify that. But 3,000 people have died from the coronavirus. Now, my thing is, I do feel like they're being extremely secretive about who's dying. Like, they're not coming out, coming to the forefront and saying, all right, it's only affecting elderly people and kids. I did hear that a little bit, you know, once or twice from certain people. But it's just not, you know, they're not uh, pinpointing that as being the people that it's affecting. I'm actually, you know, slightly nervous given the simple fact that there are now some cases that have actually popped up in Broward County, which is the county that I live in in Florida. And in Florida itself, there's four total cases overall that are documented to have died. And two are recovering. So, but we don't have a lot of information on the two people that died. I heard um, a news, I mean, a a radio news station talked about one of the people who passed away was an 85 year old elderly woman from Central Florida. But I don't, again, no confirmation. I'm not sure what the deal is. So, I get it. I get the, the the concern. I get the fact that people are like, oh, you know, wash your hands. Okay, well, you know what, you sons of bitches should have been washing your hands to begin with. You shouldn't be going into a public restroom or any restroom for that matter and taking a piss or going to the bathroom and not washing your damn hands. If you don't know how to wash your hands, you're just a nasty human being. So all these people that are going crazy and going into the Walmarts and the grocery stores and CVSs and buying up all the hand sanitizer and the soap, y'all some nasty sons of bitches because you should have been washing your hands a long time ago. Okay, my wife is one of those people that buys up hand soap like crazy from uh, Bath and Body Works, so we have a ton of it in the in the in the cabinet, which is you know wonderful. But I just laugh at the the silliness of the media and whatnot that is just driving this up. And when I talk about it, you know, there's been quite a few events within the sports nutrition space, which I know we've talked about before. You guys know that. You know, from a marketing perspective and what I do in my business, I work in the sports nutrition industry. And it started with FIBO, 5.0 FIBO in Germany um, in April being canceled. And then we started hearing about some other shows being canceled here and there. And then the Arnold Classic Expo in Columbus, Ohio actually got canceled at the last freaking minute. And I feel bad for these people, dude, because. You know, my company itself was not actually going out there. We did not have a booth. We, you know, we did have a couple little things planned. We had a team get together. They were going to go out and train and we we're going to get some footage. Um, 
the owner of the company was up there with some meetings and meeting with people and whatnot. He still went. You know, a lot of people that were planning to go still showed up because they had flights, hotels, all this stuff booked. But they canceled the expo itself because it's an average of 250,000 people a year that that show up there. And the governor and the, the government decided at the last minute, all right, two days before the event. Now, here's the shitty part, okay? There's a... Um, there is a deadline that if you're a vendor or a company that is planning to show product that your product has to arrive on location and that deadline was Monday this past Monday now the the crazy part is is that they canceled the event on Tuesday okay so all these these vendors and people who paid hundreds of thousands of dollars for vendor space, their product was already there. They have an offsite location that the product was potentially supposed to be delivered to. And then they transport it from the offsite location to the Columbus, the greater Columbus um, convention center. So you can set up your booths starting Wednesday. So it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm guarantee you there were companies that spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on product, shipping, whatever else to get it out there. And I can, you know, some of the bigger companies, that's eh, a write-off. It is what it is. No big deal. But what if you're a little guy? What if you're a smaller company that, you know, was going out on a limb to do this to begin with, and then they decide to cancel it on you? And I saw that the Arnold came back and, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger himself made a video on Instagram was like, oh, we're going to give back you know, those vendors that plan to be involved 5% for their booth costs, 5%, like, fuck you, like, really, 5%, are you kidding me, like, that's ridiculous, because they do still plan to have the expo, but they're planning on now doing it later in the year, so if you rented a booth space that, say, potentially costs you $10,000, and you're going to give me back 5%, like, come on, you know what I mean, 5%, you're going to give me back 500 bucks of the $10,000 that I spent, what if, it, what if I go out of business and then I don't show up at the second half of the year because you just put me out of business because I went out on a limb to come to an event like this? Because events like these make or break these small companies. You know, a lot of small businesses that are brand new and that don't have a lot of capital, you know, to begin with, they go to events like this to build to build their brands, to build excitement, to build hype, to build energy. And when they go... A lot of them rely on the cost, rely on what they make at the event to cover the cost of the event. And it doesn't always happen. 99% of the time you walk away in the red. But let's say you spend 10 grand and you make back 85. At least you got something. Whereas now these people have spent 10 grand and let's and or more and they're not getting anything because the event was canceled. So, you know, I get it. Coronavirus, a lot of people are concerned. Um you know, but it just sucks because there's there's a lot of people that are being really, really negatively impacted by this. And it is impacting industry immensely. You know, my boss for one of the companies that I work with made a uh, post the other day talking about a single ingredient that we use in one of the products that it went from the cost of, I think, $658 per kilo to $2,500 per kilo because of the import cost now due to the coronavirus. So it sucks, man. I mean, it's crazy. And I look at, you know, that event got canceled. And then I had a production gig that was set up in Dubai for a movie that I'm actually, you know, working um, with the production company for. And that trip got canceled as well. And that was huge for me. I mean, that was 
ten thousand plus dollars that I needed, you know, to, you know, that would have just put me and my family in a really good place, and it got canceled because of the virus. You know, the production company said, ah, you know what, we're gonna sit it out, we're gonna we're gonna postpone some things and see how, you know, uh, potentially use some local people instead of bringing anybody in from abroad. And I'm like, dude, you're killing me. You know, so I potentially lost a gig. Ten thousand plus dollars because of the coronavirus, and it's like, come on, man. You know, it's frustrating because I understand again the concern. I understand people that you know don't want it to spread all over the place, and you know, I, I get it. But it, you know, like I said, it's the same thing. I mean, you talk about like the flu and you know whatever else is going on. I mean, you don't see people canceling, you know, concerts and all this stuff because of the flu. You know, I mean, I, there's a lot of crazy memes going on out there. Like, you know, 3,000 people die from the coronavirus. 300,000 people die from obesity a year. And we come out with a new flavor of Doritos. You know, I laugh about stuff like that. But it's the truth. I mean, it's amazing at how, you know, they how crazy they go over something like this. You know, and then you look at all this conspiracy theory crap like the, uh, you know, the hotel now. I mean, the hospital now that... uh <clears throat> was housing all these people that were that were suffering from the coronavirus in uh, in China collapses and all these people die and all you know I mean come on man I don't know how true any of this stuff is I don't know if it's all media hype or whatever but it just seems like a very crazy way to contain you know something that is potentially a you know causing a lot of problems throughout the United States right now and a lot of people are like breaking president trump's balls and they're like oh you know you're not handling i'm like nah dude he's handling it perfectly fine like they're breaking his ball saying he told people to go to work if you listen to the conversation where he mentions there are probably some people going to work that don't even realize they have it and they're fine and they're recovering and this and that it's true he didn't tell people to go to work he's just saying that there probably are people out there that are going to work and don't even realize they have it you know i saw uh, an, an interview with one of the guys from the Princess Cruise Lines cruise that got quarantined in California from Japan. And, you know, I mean, dude was tested positive for coronavirus and has no symptoms whatsoever. He's not sick. He doesn't have a fever. He's not in pain. He, there's nothing going on. Dude seems like a perfectly good, perfectly, you know, healthy human being. But he tested positive for the coronavirus and he stuck quarantined in a hospital in California because they will not let him release him until he um, until he tests negative for two days straight in a row. His wife actually just recently got released from the hospital in Japan because she finally got two days straight where her uh, test results came back negative. So, you know, how many people out there have it and don't even realize it because they have no symptoms? Because they say it takes up to 14 days for symptoms. Potentially, it could be quicker, but some people it takes up to 14 days to get any symptoms. So, you know, again, it's just craziness. You know, it is what it is. So enough of the coronavirus. I'm not going to give it any more media attention because it's already getting way too much. Um, so uh, what was I going to say? So anyway, the uh, let's dig into um, my diet. All right. So those of you, I, I kind of explain my scenario and what I've been doing. So since February 5th, I have been essentially doing a modified carnivore diet. And what I mean by that is, is six days a week, I am 100% carnivore. 
I eat nothing but meat. I don't eat any carbs. I don't eat, you know, meat, fats. Um, don't eat any carbs. Don't eat any sweets. Don't drink beer. Don't do anything like that. Sixth day of the week, I have one meal of whatever I want. And I've still been trying to keep it very Corona-esque. So I might have wings. I'm, you know, maybe what's maybe. And, and the thing that may be a little bit off the Corona diet is maybe the sauce, you know, or something like that. I may have a little bit of bread or something like that, but that's really it. And I have two beers. So, um, given and in doing so, I've also been doing 30 minutes of cardio, a minimum of six days a week and trying to work out with weights at least four times a week. As my ankle has gotten better and things are going on, going better there, I'm going to start incorporating more workouts. Um, but I'm down 31 pounds as of February 5th, which is fantastic. As of Friday, I'm officially in back into the 200s. I'm from went from 330 to 299, which I think I mentioned that already. But I just want to encourage you guys, man. If you're out there and you're struggling, you're frustrated, you know, you are taking this new year to really take your life back and get your health back, dude, do it. You know, I, I it's been a struggle for me. You know, the pain, the soreness, my ankle has really been pissing me off. I, I know on last week's show, I talked about a good buddy of mine, Glenn, that actually had a stroke. And come to find out, he had what's called a TIA, which is basically what they call a warning stroke. And so he doesn't have any long-term side effects from it. No paralysis. He did have some initially, but within about 24 to 48 hours, everything came back. The scary part is that one in three people who have a TIA actually end up having a full on stroke. So he, and there's really nothing that he can do to fight it. You know, he can just continue to do what he's doing, working out, being healthy, eating better. He's not in bad shape. You know, he was a heavier guy before, lost a lot of weight and is now in, you know, in a better, much better physical situation now. Um, but I walked into church tonight, today actually, and saw him and he was like his old self. Perfect. No issue. Standing there, gave him a big hug, you know, told him that I was excited that he was doing well and that everything was great. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to see people that we care about come through situations like this and do okay. You know, and I'm and I'm excited to know that he's healthy and that things are good, but it just kind of puts puts my whole life into perspective as well and makes me realize, you know, how important it is for me to be here for my kids, for my wife, for my family. And uh, I'm just you know, it's really important to me that I stay on track continue to do what I'm doing that I, you know, and make everybody proud of me again and take my life back. I came across a picture that popped up in my memories from 2018 at the Arnold Classic, and I was a beast. I mean, I was probably 265, 270, 20 plus inch arms, you know, not necessarily abs, but just in phenomenal shape. I mean, calves were humongous. And I look at myself now and I'm like this, you know, shriveled old man, so to speak. And it's frustrating. So a lot of me wants to get back there, but I don't think I'm, I don't think the goal at this point is to ever be 260 or 270 shredded. My goal at this point is probably 230, 225, 230, but in much better overall physical shape. So downsize slightly, but abs, you know, just really overall peak physical conditioning for me to be, you know, sub 12% body fat all year round and just kind of enjoying life and being able to have a good balance of being able to enjoy the things that I like, you know, have alcohol once in a while, eat what I want, 
but continue to train, stay healthy, take care of myself and predominantly eat, you know, healthy, a healthier lifestyle. So it's, a. Uh, I look back at this whole scenario, you know, and I, it's easy for me to chalk it up and just say weakness was the cause of all this. And, you know, a lot of you guys would probably say the same. And a lot of people will probably break my balls and be like, oh, you know, you could you should have been strong. You should have kept your head up and gone through all this and never let it get the best of you. And you know what? It's easier said than done. You know, at the end of the day, stress, anxiety, frustration, those are things that make it extremely easy for people to be run down, beat up and for them to allow to kind of overcome their lives. And that's simply what happened to me. I mean, dude, I I look back at this. Everything started going backwards for me in September of 2018 when I lost my job and it was, it was an immediate depression. It was an immediate, it was immediate anxiety, immediate depression, you know, frustration. I knew from day one that I had a non-compete with this company and I knew they were going to be assholes and enforce it. And try to just make my life miserable and they did and you know and and I really struggled for months what am I going to do and I did get another job and then they went after my employer and got me fired and you know it it just it was a very very difficult frustrating situation and even when things got better and I finally got a job and started working you know for another company again and then things really started taking a, a positive swing with my my personal business forged by fire it just I never recovered mentally. I never allowed the positives to be visible to myself. You know, I I always kind of like sat back and and beat myself up and got frustrated and said, you know what, this is ridiculous. I mean, I look at last year and I didn't make the kind of money I wanted to make. You know, the job that I lost in September of 2018, I was on my way to probably to finish the year around 125, 130,000 for the year, you know, six figure income, happy, enjoying myself, feeling good, feeling accomplished and really doing something that I loved. And I look back at last year and last year, you know, I finished the year around half of what I would have potentially made with that company. And so 2019, I finished, you know, well, let's put it this way. I look at the dollar figure and I'm disappointed. You know, I look at $70,000 of income and the the man in me, you know, the 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 husband, the father, you know, the the person who strives for greatness all the time sees disappointment. But then I sit back and I look and I'm like, dude, I'm like, look at the positives. Look at the fact that you went from being on the road 32 weeks out of the year to not being home every day to tuck your kids in or give them a hug goodnight and tell them you love them, to not being home to take them and pick them up from school every day, to not being around. That last year, I was gone four weeks totally out of the entire entire year. So of 52 weeks, I was gone I was, I was present for 48. I was here every day to take my kids to school. Just about here every day to pick them up here to help them with their homework, here to feed them dinner, here to do whatever I needed to do. And from my home, I still generated $70,000 in income. And that's a damn good accomplishment. Considering the fact that I went from nothing 
to 70,000, you know, like that. And I'm, and I'm proud of my business because, you know, essentially half of that income was from my, you know, main source, uh, you know, as a, uh, main source, you know, as the, the, the main company that I work with. And then the rest of it were, you know, projects here and there, you know, short contracts, things like that, that I did with other employers. So, you know, other companies and, I just, I'm proud of that, you know, I mean, the average, you know, as far as I'm concerned and from what I've looked up, you know, the average income around the United States right now is like 56,000 and it's so to look at like what my wife and I were able to accomplish together and I'm proud of that, you know, and do I, you know, I could beat myself up all day long and be like, Oh, but I need to make more. I need to do more. I need to do this. And I need to do that. And yeah, you know, it would be fantastic if I could, you know, generate 250,000 or more, you know, a million dollars or $10 million or whatever. I mean, dude, I would love to somehow propel myself forward to be independently wealthy and not have to worry about this stuff anymore. And just be able to be a positive influence a hundred percent of the time to people because I no longer have to be concerned about finances. Cause well, you know, that's the one thing that really stresses most of us out more than anything is finances. You know, at the end of the day, I think there are very few of us, even rich people that have millions, billions, you know, whatever else that don't worry about money. You know, and there's that the common practices is, is that when you don't have it, you worry about getting it. And when you have it, you worry about keeping it, <laughs> you know, and I'd almost be that person where I'd love to just, you know, have an idea or come up with something that I could sell and get a lump sum of money and just live my life. Just take care of my kids. Just do what I need to do. Maybe make some investments, buy a few properties, you know, things like that. And just enjoy life and not have to worry about money. I mean, we, I think we spend so much time worrying about money and worrying about paying bills and worrying about this and worrying about that, that it becomes, you know, just so frustrating that it's, you know, that, that we all lean on the stress, the financial stress that we have, you know what I mean? And I think that's just, the reality of the United States right now. And, you know, yeah, the economy is good. Things are moving in the right direction. A lot of people are working, but it doesn't, it's not that, that specific aspect right now is not changing inflation. It's not changing, you know, the fact that a lot of us still live off of credit, you know, because if you look back at the, you know, the income versus cost, you know, ratio of a lot of places in the United States, you know, the government over the last 25 years has really made within via inflation and import duties and all kinds of other crazy stuff that's going on. The government has really put us in a situation where we are forced to live off of credit in order to have a real life. You know, there are very few people, you know, I'm, I look at people like my brother-in-law who has this, his stuff together, you know, dude makes an incredible living, does a fantastic job, is very, very smart with his money and, you know, doesn't, live doesn't he doesn't live beyond his means even though you look at what he has and you would be like wow you know what I mean but you know it's just the majority of people the average household I read something you know I think I talked about this in the last show the average household of five owes a hundred thousand I think it's like ninety four to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in uh in credit 
thank God my wife and I are nowhere near that, including our cars were less than $50,000, which is fantastic. But in the same respect, it's still money that we owe and it's still bills that have to be paid every month. And it's still, you know, the frustration of knowing that somebody's breathing down your neck and wanting the almighty dollar. So, you know, it, I'm proud of 2019, really looking forward to 2020 being a much better scenario for my business and moving forward. And hopefully, you know, I, w- I would be thrilled if by the end of 2020 that I could just step out completely on my own and just be and no longer have to be involved with, you know, uh, as an, an an employee type atmosphere with anybody, but just be able to be independent, do what I need to do, work you know my work on my timelines, my own timelines, and be able to enjoy my life, and you know spend more time with my family, and my kids, even more so than I already do, and it's fantastic. I mean, I look at that scenario, and the time that I get to spend with my kids and my family is so worth the you know the difference in income com- in comparison to like 2018, but. You know, kind of getting off that and uh, moving into some other cool stuff. South Florida is a plethora of all kinds of cool stuff going on. So March 21st at Dania Point, which is a brand new shopping center in uh, Hollywood, Dania area, beach area of Florida. There is a brew festival called the Female Brew Festival. Female, female, female brew festival. Now, The cool thing about this is that it is basically showcasing females, women in the craft brew industry, and it it, it actually goes to benefit a um, animal rescue and a lot of cool things like that. So we are calling all craft beer. We'll be out there. We're going to be a part of that. I'm actually going to this one with my wife. We're going to enjoy ourselves, hang out and have some beers, have some food, and uh, just really get to be part of that in the community and just loving on some ladies that are kick-ass brewers. And I encourage you guys to go check it out. Female brew fest. That's exactly. You can follow them on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, female brew fest. Go check it out Saturday, uh, March 21st and Dania point in Dania beach slash Hollywood, Florida. It's going to be an awesome time. I'm really looking forward to it. I hope you guys meet us out there. And I hope something that I said today just kind of resonated with you and hit home. You know, I I know that it was kind of rambling. I had a lot of different little topics that I talked about aside from beer. And I just greatly appreciate you guys. And I'm thankful for those that continue to listen to the show. And if you're out there and you are you or someone you love has contracted the coronavirus, take care of yourself, wash your hands, stay hydrated, take your meds, stay inside, stay away from people, take care of yourself. You will recover. And uh, we just hope the best for everybody that's out there. Take care of yourselves. And until next time, this is Calling All Crap Beer, episode 46. My name is Luke. Later.